0: hello and welcome once again to the wrestling inc podcast i'm glenn rubenstein joined once again by raj Geary, wrestling inc's own to discuss smackdown live for september 27th 2016. raj how's this going good to see you on a wednesday show
1: yeah good to see you how's it going with you
0: things are going well man uh, nice tight and fast smackdown live last night things really uh, i think flew by at a very quick pace uh, a lot of storytelling going on during the episode uh, to start with your big picture thoughts on smackdown live
1: I just think SmackDown has such a big advantage over Raw right now um, just because it is two hours. It, it just – it doesn't feel long. It, it uh, You know, there were things on this show I didn't think were, were that good. I thought we'll get into it, but the Orton stuff uh, I thought was just terrible. Um, it, it's not my cup of tea. I'm sure I know some people enjoyed it. Uh, but it, it – it, I was never bored and the pacing was great and it, it never felt like it dragged, so I thought it was a good show yeah
0: i mean it really moves by fast with uh, a two-hour runtime. you know with commercials i mean it definitely just flies by some weeks whereas raw seems like it drags on especially into that third hour um so i mean let's start with that you know that was a real running theme throughout the show last night uh with what happened with randy orton and bray wyatt and we had bray taunting randy backstage uh i don't know who was chasing who or what was going on after a while but we had uh Randy walking through what was clearly like a locker room boiler room type situation with uh, Eric Rowan chasing him a lot of the time. Uh, I mean, what do you think about the setup and, and where they're going with the storyline?
1: I thought it was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm one of those. Uh, I'm, I'm an old school guy where it, for me, a feud works best when there's an issue that a makes sense. You can understand why the two guys are feuding over it. Yeah. And B, it's something that people can relate to. Um, you know that's why i think austin mcmahon uh you know jericho and Shawn michaels when michael's wife got involved I, I just think all those feuds they made sense you could understand why there's a grudge there and and it makes for a great feud this i have no idea what they're feuding over uh yeah. it's just this fairy tale you know these fairy tale promos that don't sound natural at all uh, i think bray white is just so stale right now and that he needs uh i think he needs to turn babyface they were about to do it before he got injured um, and it looked like he was, re- it was reinvigorating his character. So I think he needs to turn babyface, tweak his character. His promos have been the same for a long time. It, it, it just reminds me of like Papa Shango, ultimate warrior stuff, <laughs> you know, from, uh, uh, from the eighties I mean, from the nineties, but I, I just, it, this did nothing for me at all. And I, and the match, I'm not excited to see this match at all. Despite the fact that they're two of the biggest stars on SmackDown
0: yeah yeah i mean it's, it's actually kind of remarkable for sure that does so much right that they would spend so much time on this misstep um I, I don't know i think so the angle best i can tell is that bray thinks randy is not crazy but scared and now randy is you know saying uh you think you're the eater of worlds but i'm the apex predator and there was that weird twist at the end i mean we might, we might as well just just get this out of the way right now um this went on throughout the night i you know i definitely do, do not think it's worth having it go on throughout our podcast today so at the end people were speculating online was that a glitch at the end where we had uh you know ultimately they they chase they do this little cat and mouse uh, almost like scavenger home with clues going through there randy comes across uh, the sheep mask at the end and puts it on and then people were speculating there was a glitch when it then cut to video of bray at the end after it looked like randy had taken bray out um even the commentary on that now jbl i'm, I'm not sure if he was sober or maybe this just, you know, he wasn't paying attention for most of it, but even he, after that was like, I'm not sure what just happened there. Uh, you know, people seem very confused by the ending to this.
1: Yeah. That it seemed like a production glitch to me. Uh, seemed like it was supposed to end when Orton was, you know, they were doing that whole, whole bit. Um, yeah, it reminded me of, uh, the ultimate warrior, Jake Roberts angle where he was putting him in a coffin and, you know, uh, to overcome his fear of the Undertaker it was that kind of thing. But I, I thought it was a production glitch because it, it seemed very awkward there once they cut to Bray and, and then they cut away. It just seemed like something uh, something went wrong. Um, yeah. So it was weird. Yeah, that whole thing. Uh, it, uh, if it makes you excited to see them wrestle, then, then it, it worked for some. It, it It's doing nothing for me.
0: Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I know they have to do something with them, but I I don't think this is the right thing. Um, Yeah, if that wasn't a glitch, I guess the end was that Bray has now driven Randy so crazy that Randy has become Bray. I, I don't know. Uh, it reminds me of one of those did you ever in high school have that where you know uh people you know you have to write like short stories um and you'll have a teacher that maybe will show you something like the twilight zone is now like write your own version of a story with a weird twist it seemed to me like that like at the end like someone was stoned in the wwe creative and was like and then what if at the end randy really became bray because bray's inside his head and he's like taking over randy now it was like that weird stoner twist logic you know
1: yeah it just seemed like it, it, it it was just hokey yeah, uh, totally.
0: Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. So let's talk about the other uh, big recurring buildup of the night and what was going on with Dean Ambrose and John Cena. Um, it seemed like they were really, really hitting that hard, even though the main event was between AJ and Dean in a rematch for the title. Um, I mean, they were really hyping Cena's presence. Uh, if he felt like he hasn't been on the show as much in recent weeks. I mean, this is, I think, the most Cena that we've gotten um, short of uh, a main event match in quite some time.
1: Yeah, and I thought and I thought it helped. I think I think Cena is definitely an asset. Uh, you know, I know this. The IWC uh, w- loves to talk trash about Cena, but he adds a lot to a show when he's there. And I'm telling you, this this feud with him, Ambrose and AJ is the best thing that WWE has going on today. I mean, it's fan I think all those guys embrace their game in this feud. And AJ is great. Dean Ambrose. Uh, and, and after the show, we'll talk about the Talking Smack segment with yeah. Cena. But Ambrose last week, I mean. His promo on Cena it was great, you know, something that fans can relate to. It didn't seem rehearsed. It wasn't hokey. It wasn't uh, about us being a snake and Bray Wyatt being scared of snakes. You know, it was something that was relatable, that seemed personal, and uh, it, it made it work. And Cena this week, I wish they would show that stuff on TV, but...
0: Yeah, which yes. yeah. is <laughs> weird because talking to smack is so good and it's amazing to me that it's an afterthought i mean I'm, i know the wwe won't release you know specific numbers for the network but i mean what, what do you guesstimate maybe 10 percent of the smackdown live audience watches that
1: uh well you're talking about i i even think that might be high because yeah. by that point you're you know you've been through five hours of WWE over the last two days and you know, uh, eight if you, if, if it's a pay-per-view week. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, if, if it weren't my job, I wouldn't be turning into talking smack after, after SmackDown.
0: See, I, I, I look forward to it. To me now, it's it's a big part of the experience because I know it's a known quantity, you know, that every week they're going to have some interesting interviews. They're going to have some unpredictable moments. Um, you know, I feel like, the, I mean, for an after show, uh, you know, the, I mean, if you look at the pre-shows on WWE, matches aside, I don't feel like they put a lot of thought into that. And perhaps wisely so right because you can't have someone like booker t or jerry out there really uh doing predictive commentary if, if they know too much so it's almost let's get them out there and just have them recap and rehash and bring people up to speed but with talking spec i mean uh, i've talked about this in previous weeks it feels to me like um it's also an exercise in improv with a lot of the newer talents that have come up where they say like okay now you're going to go out there and you're going to do a shoot interview in character you know, and we're going to give you these scenarios and let you riff on things. And I just think it's it's so interesting compared to all the other WWE promo uh, uh, promos and the content that we see that feels so tightly produced and scripted. This yeah, is a much more live feel.
1: Exactly. This is uh, the case of being told kind of what you want what to talk about, but you're not giving a scripted promo and you see them nailing it out of the park.
0: So, yeah, no, it's it's, it's fantastic. Uh, so we had an eight man tag match last night, that was uh, the first big match of the evening. Uh, we had the Usos debuting their new look, uh, which to me, I mean, uh, who do you remind me of, uh, what was it, Hunico and Camacho from, from NXT? <laughs> I mean, it looked like they just, they said, hey guys, we have the clothes backstage, don't worry about it, we're just, we got this. You know, yeah. I mean What did you think about uh, the Usos new, uh, new direction?
1: Well, I like the fact that they're changing their music and clothes, because yeah. uh, I feel like anytime you want to have a real uh, face turn or heel turn, you know, Jericho always does this. He tweaks something with his look or his character to CM Punk would do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you make a transition as opposed to just now I'm, now I'm a heel, you yeah. know? So I like that they changed their look, but I don't like the look. I think yeah. they could uh, come up with some, you know, something a little more, uh, you know, I, I, I like them being edgier, but uh, I just don't think that is it yet. Hopefully they keep tweaking it. Um
0: well and this match last night we saw it was the usos and the ascension versus rhino and slater and american alpha and what was interesting about this is the usos i think part of the reason why they're over especially with kids they have been is because they have the makeup they have the bright colorful look but we've seen now and we saw this last night continue with the ascension the Ascension. We'll change up their makeup. We'll do different things that really, you know, gives them that over the top characteristic and over the top look. That's not always what we're accustomed to seeing from them. So it was strange to me that the Usos, similarly over the top characters, just came out in in the equivalent of street clothes. You know, uh, it was very uh, understated.
1: Yeah, uh, but I like the fact that they're moving away from the colorful, um, you know, baby face look, and I, and I like that they're not using face paint. I think yeah, I think they have a uh, a chance to be like this violent heel act you know if it was you know when WWE says PG you still can be edgy and be PG yeah and uh you can give the Usos uh and make them you know just a a badass heel team uh without uh you know without giving them face paint and stuff like that so that's where I'd like to see their characters going they have that they have that intensity when when their heels that, that that look like they mean what they're saying. So uh, I, th- I think they could definitely go in that direction. As for the Ascension, uh, they, need a, they need to change their look, in my opinion. Because <laughs> anytime they have the face paint, it just screams, uh, uh, you know, jobber road warriors.
0: <laughs> it was very almost sort of juggalo on one of them last night. It was very sort of ICP looking. Uh, you know, I thought was interesting. Uh, we'd love to see, you know, ICP. WWE's raiding the, raiding the legends, bringing back all the people that were there were short. Not I mean, not just the legends, the part time, the part timers, the jobbers, the gimmicks. ICP, I'm sure would love to step back into a WWE ring. That would be a feud with the Ascension right there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it might be better than SmackDown though. Uh, that that's that's got Monday Night Raw written all over it. Um, so uh, we did have the Usos in the Ascension when uh, we still had the Usos um, attacking Gable's leg really keeping that angle going. I mean, to me, this was just sort of a standard match of how we reconfigured the tag teams and, you know, reestablished the faces are faces, the heels are heels. Do you think Slater and Rhino are uh, going to, you know, at, at no mercy, I mean, did you predict they're going to drop the belts to the Usos? And are how are their prospects, in your opinion, after that pay-per-view?
1: I, I do. Um, I think there's a limited, you know, I, If they don't drop it here, they'll drop it at the next pay-per-view. I think there's just a limited shelf life to Slater and Rhino. Mm -hmm. Uh, Part of Slater's big thing was the chase, you know, getting the content. He he just feels like he's lost steam since then and and since they won the tag titles. So uh, I'd like to see them go another month with it. Uh, Maybe have the Usos, you know, it's a SmackDown pay-per-view. Have the Usos just violently attack them, get DQ'd and it leads to a you know a match at at Survivor Series but uh I, I wouldn't do the title change just yet but i could see them doing it just because i feel like Slater and Rhino have lost steam.
0: Yeah. And i think you're absolutely right. I mean the WWE uh by and large is much better about the journey than they are the destination. And uh, you always have the problem of what do you okay so he won. What do you do now?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, you look at, look at guys that have left, you look at Damien Sandow, who's getting super over. And once he got there and they did the big, you know, they split him off from Miz. they had no idea what to do after that. Stardust, you know, they built up this uh, Cody Rhodes changing his, you know, this losing streak and he becomes stardust. And then once he got there, he became a job guy. Um, So yeah, they just, they can come up with entertaining storylines to get, you know uh sympathy on a character or people like a character but don't know where to go from that if they don't see him on a certain level
0: yeah well it's tough too right i mean when you think about all the great sports movies you think about the great stories it is entirely about the journey and not the destination um you know and once they're there it's very tough you know you can have somebody that can fall off and then has to get it back but someone just sort of maintaining their title and having a triumphant reign yeah that's not necessarily as interesting
1: yeah, but WWE often never gets the destination either. You know, yeah. Ziggler <laughs> splitting from the Miz not the destination. That's kind of midpoint. That should be midpoint of the story, and then and then. Yeah. San, I mean, uh, who did I say? I meant uh, Sa- Sandow. Uh,
0: yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, You know, that should have been the midpoint, and then it ends with you know something for Sandow, and then seeing where it goes from there.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, WWE definitely...
1: storytelling. It's in my opinion, it's at the weakest point it's been since uh, since the nineties
0: yeah well that's part of the issue also with weekly tv right i mean if you look at the great tv of this era um and you look at a lot of the cable series that were accustomed you know they're so praised i mean the breaking bads the mad men's and even on down i'm talking anything you see that's on cable they've um written shot edited almost the entire season before the first episode even airs so they have a set end point and uh, they've set middle points and they have a set beginning and once they're on that path they can't change it but when you have um you know like a network series it's 22 episodes when you have something like this that is can be rewritten the day of and oftentimes is that's the problem is they can just drop these these dangling threads of, of plot based on their whim you know vince mcmahon one week says nah i don't think sandow you know They can just cut it out.
1: Yeah, the problem is there are there are. It feels like there are hardly any storylines that have a great buildup with a great payoff. Yeah, and you know I mentioned this the other day. Uh, I can't remember last time they had one. Uh, You know, Daniel Bryan winning at WrestleMania 30 uh, might be considered one, but that was purely by accident as well. It was because CM Punk left and and Mm -hmm. Batista didn't get over, so they scrambled to find a backup. But where they purposely created the storyline that the fans got behind and there was a great payoff, it's been a long time.
0: See, I think Slater and Rhino, I don't know if that was by design or they lucked yeah. into it. And but that's not a it. that's
1: not a main event storyline. That's oh, not selling pay-per-views.
0: Well, know? but for us, for the people that watch it religiously, you know, for the people listening to this podcast, I mean, I don't know about you, but that, that's something that would keep me tuning in, um, you know, while, while it was happening. Because I thought that – and the fact that it was such a sleeper, man, I mean, I, we, I talked about this before, but in this new era, I think it's the, you know – one of the best, if not the best storyline. And I don't know how much of it was planned. I don't know how much they just sort of stumbled into and realized like, oh, we, we have this opportunity now, you know, to do this with this free agent gimmick. Um, and, and I think that's why in hindsight, a lot of storylines look better than they were, right? Is because over time you realize like, oh, hey, wait a second, they seeded this back there. It developed this week, it developed this week and then give us this payoff, you know, as opposed to like, it was planned from the get-go to have this big push.
1: Yeah, I, I can't you know back to the original point a, a real main event storyline that's that's going to affect business uh you know uh, stuff like that it's entertaining uh but it's not uh it's not going to change your mind if you're going to buy a ticket to go to a smackdown house show or not
0: yeah but with the main event i think it's harder also because uh you have situations like a roman Reigns situation you can have creative be like no this is the main event storyline this is the guy we want but if the audience doesn't buy into it
1: you but know it's, it's not that much harder because you see yeah, uh hard. Uh, you see Seth Rollins, the fans, it was clear he was going to be a big baby face when they came, when he came back and to just instead have him just be a swarmy heel and trying to get (laughs) him to piss, you know, that was, that was dropped on their lap and they just blew it. So yes, there are times when their plans don't go their way, but when you have 30 creative team members, it shouldn't be that hard to find a backup.
0: Yeah. yeah. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't
1: put all your eggs in one basket,
0: you know? Yeah. Well, especially with the injuries you know exactly yeah so uh Carmella and Natalia versus Naomi and Nikki Bella now I thought this was interesting because we had uh pre-recorded promos before this match going on and I have to say in the pre-recorded sense that Carmella did a very good job compared to what we've seen some weeks with her um even Natalia and her had a little bit of chemistry I thought in this and I thought it was <laughs> nice that they gave Naomi a chance to sort of do something backed by Nikki I mean what would you think of uh, the setup in the match itself and where it's all headed?
1: I think we're gonna to have to disagree again i think <laughs> I think those inset promos are just so uh so scripted that they're just not organic at all they they just come across as uh almost like uh one of those before you know promos where you you can tell it's just <laughs> like not natural at all and 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 you know they get to their end but uh, Carmela, I think she needs to turn it down a notch. You know, I know for a successful character, they say you got to turn it up ten times or whatever. But Carmela, she just feels like she's acting, and uh, it, well, it, she
0: is. I mean, she she absolutely is. She's sure, but so is everyone. From, yeah,
1: yeah, sure is everyone. But they they Enzo is acting, but he doesn't feel like he's playing a character when you're watching him. He feels like that's the guy. Yeah. Carmela feels like she's you know playing a character. You know, playing a character. Um,
0: I think it's more removed from her personality just based on breaking ground and all the stuff that we saw. Um, but yeah, I, so then I will say- give
1: her something that's more like her personality. but, uh, you know, uh, I, but I like the fact that she keeps beating Nikki, getting the better of her. I think that's the way to to build up a new talent. Yeah. And I'd like to see them go all the way with it and have Carmella beat Nikki on the pay-per-view. So, well, it seems um, like
0: they're building up to that, although they dropped that this week, right? So last week, uh, Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack teased it. It seemed like it was set up to do a no-DQ match between them and no mercy.
1: I think that was an accident on Daniel Bryan's part. I don't think that was... Because I, I was talking to a guy last week and they said that, that there was not a plan to do that. So um, I think I think that was uh, just Daniel Bryan just talking and it it, it got kind of you know, picked up. I think it makes a
0: lot of sense, especially with how they've done the storyline with all the run-ins with all the early starts. I mean, no DQ. I mean, it's a stipulation. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a story bullet point. I mean, what do you think is the controversy of doing that in a women's match?
1: I I would say that you lead to that. Like their first match, I don't think should be a new, no DQ have something happen where it really necess, you know,
0: necessitates necessitates
1: Necessitates. a, 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 a no DQ match.
0: Well, I have to say last night with so with Carmela and, and look, I, I don't know how closely you paid attention in the previous weeks, but at least they, they, you know, they haven't been letting her walk out with the mic. They realized that new spiel they gave her that she tried for two weeks was not working. It was very awkward. Um, you know, I'll take what she did pre-recorded uh, last night any day of the week. But what I thought was really, really interesting, and I'm surprised that they did this because, uh, you know, and it's a, it's a little detail like this, but I think it undercuts one of her hooks. Uh, they had uh, Naomi in the ring do the moonwalk, and Naomi's moonwalk was incredible. And it, it's like all of a sudden Carmella moonwalk is part of her gimmick, and Naomi literally can moonwalk circles around her. I thought it was very strange that they showcased that on TV.
1: Ah, uh, That's fine. Naomi's yeah. the baby face. Carmella's the heel. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs>
0: But Naomi's moonwalk. Go back and watch it. Everyone is on point. I was very impressed.
1: Naomi is a trained dancer. You know, oh, she's absolutely. she's awesome. I mean, she's she's an awesome athlete too. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: But I thought the match was was okay. You know, Carmella and Natalia won. Um, so aside from the no DQ, you're you're pretty certain though. Carmella and Nikki is going to happen in No Mercy.
1: Uh, no, but no, I'm not. It really? just makes sense that it, it just makes sense that it would yeah I mean, well, uh, you, you know got? they they seem like they're building to enzo and Cass versus the shining stars at the last view <laughs> too but you know just with the shallow roster um yeah it, it makes sense i mean they usually try to have two women's matches on a pay-per-view so that that would make sense for the second yeah so let's
0: talk about um what i think a lot of people pointed out is sort of the segment of the evening um we had the Miz in his hometown cleveland now also dolph ziggler from cleveland as well and uh, the Miz came out Looked like you know Hometown Hero Returns, but then uh turned on the audience and, and got a lot of heat there pretty easily. Uh it seemed like. Uh and, and he kept in character, which was great, even when people were referencing like his dad's business with the chant. I thought that was great how the news <laughs> was able to keep doing that. Um but then Dolph came out and it got really emotional real quick, uh, and really, really raised the stakes. So what's happening now is leading up to no mercy, it looks like Dolph is going to have a rematch for the IC belt against the Miz, but if Dolph loses that he's, he's quitting the WWE, I saw online that his contract might actually be up. I mean, do you think there's any sort of backstage detail that's influencing this storyline? Or you think this is just the way that they're going to put the belt on Dolph?
1: Um, you know, I'll, I'll have to look into that. Um, I, I thought Dolph just resigned last year. Uh, but. You know, I'll I'll double check on that. But, yeah. you know, this was one of those cases where up until the end of the promo, I was like, man, this is what's wrong with so many of the baby faces in WWE is the heel is just uh, burying the guy. And, yeah. and then Dolph ends by saying, uh, you know, crying and saying he wants a rematch. But and, but once he put that career step on it, it just turned the whole thing around, I thought. And I, yeah. and I thought Miz was great in this segment. I thought this segment was great. I mean... Uh, this is probably the second most anticipated match for me, me uh, you know, on the pay-per-view because adding that career step and if Dolph is leaving uh, and, you know, it, there are so many times, how many times has John Cena <laughs> been fired? Uh, but it, I mean, it does seem like uh, they mean the step when they say no NXT, you know, no raw. Um, so yeah, I, 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 it adds a lot of intrigue to the match. I mean, the, Logic would say that Ziggler's going to finally win the Intercontinental title. He was scheduled to win it uh, at Backlash, and, and then it changed like last weekend. So I, I, I wonder if they just wanted to continue it for another pay-per-view. But uh, yeah, I thought this was great. I thought Miz was awesome. Uh, I thought the video package w- uh, was really good. It, it, it made Miz look more like a star. And, uh, and Ziggler's promo, he's a little whiny, but uh, it, it, you know, it was passionate, and he got the job done.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. I think I think it was verging over into whiny territory, and then he made the career stipulation, and then it was like, okay, this is now on a whole other level. Which yeah, is exactly.
1: That the the whole end of the once the career uh, stip was added, it turned the whole thing around.
0: Um I, I, yeah, I don't think we talked about this because you haven't been on Wednesdays in a while, but uh Backlash Man, like I mean, I loved loved that match they had there with the Miz and Dolph. I thought that to my mind that was the match of that pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, I can't think of uh any Thing that was better he, it was yeah it was underrated
0: yeah just so good so good to see the Miz wrestling in a completely different style great storytelling now with this um I, I guess there was speculation a few weeks ago about the in No Mercy it could be a steel cage match they could do something to make it a little more interesting do you think they're gonna just ban Maurice from ringside uh do you think or do you think it's just gonna be a standard match
1: I think that this is enough You yeah, know, I think the career step is enough if you're gonna add a, a gimmick like a steel cage you add it to something else because this match is just what you got now is is more than enough
0: yeah, so uh so we got a lot more to talk about this week. Uh what's going on with Alexa and Becky, uh teasing more about what's going on with Kurt Hawkins and of course the main event of Dean Ambrose versus AJ Styles and everything that happened on Talking Smack. But first I want to And TNA. It, and TNA. <laughs> what's going on there? That's that could be where Dolph Ziggler is headed. That that could be the out, right? <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> um, but let's talk for a second about DDP yoga. Now you've heard us talk about it here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. The DDP yoga has changed countless lives, and many of the past and current roster have benefited immensely from it we're talking about guys like jake roberts scott hall chris jericho mick foley gold dust they all swear by ddp yoga and diamond dallas page has taken it to another level with the ddp yoga now app on ios and android devices so you got no excuse because you can take it with you anywhere And the cool thing about their app is that you can track more than just through your DDP yoga workouts. You can connect it to a Bluetooth heart rate monitor, track your calories and heart rate in real time, whether you're at the gym on your DDP yoga mat, or even while you're out mowing the lawn or running errands, all the fitness tracking features, including pain tracking measurements, progress photos, and more are completely free in the DDP yoga now app and DDP yoga. Now subscribers won't get tired of doing the same workouts because they've added completely new DDP yoga 2.0 workouts, weekly live workouts from the DDP yoga performance center and motivational messages every Monday from DDP, himself ddp even hosts his own cooking show on the app showing you how to make healthy food taste amazing and for a limited time you can get the ddp yoga dvds for 15 percent off plus three months of full access to the ddp yoga now app head on over to ddpyoga.com wrestling inc stop procrastinating and get started now ddpyoga.com wrestling inc and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast so uh with Becky and Alexa, I thought it was really interesting that they had Becky come out and start to do her entrance. Uh, they didn't even announce or show somebody else in the ring. I mean, uh, you know, I, I love when they, when they uh, don't even bother with the extra detail of pretense of making it seem like a real match is about to happen. Like <laughs> Becky was coming out and doing her entrance and then Alexa just attacks her. Oh, that match that never was that match that could have been. We were left to wonder what was Becky going into the ring for?
1: Yeah. And you know, if they, just added a little more detail to something like that. Like if they had someone else come out before, make it look like there's an actual match going to happen. It just makes the whole thing seem more real, yeah. you know? Um, but you know, I, it was, it was good. Uh, you know, I, I, God, I wish they would hire Paul Heyman as a producer. Cause I think he could do so much with Carmela and Alexa bliss and, and actually so many of the stars on, on you know, in WWE, yeah. uh, the VOD villains, you know, if, if that, if they were an ECW, uh, Paul Heyman would have made that gimmick uh, just like, yeah, they're they want to take it back old school, but they they're super violent or something, you know, not yeah. like a comical, uh, you know, 1920s, car- you know, gimmick. So I, I really wish they'd get Heyman because I, when I see Alexa Bliss, I see a ton of potential and and something that Heyman could really do a lot with there.
0: Yeah, it was um More amped up from her last night. I like that we saw her more aggressive towards Becky and sort of slamming her on the ramp, doing the thing with the belt, the you don't deserve this. Uh, I like that they're fleshing it out a bit more. But yeah, I feel like, um, you know, this feud elevates Alexa, but it's just tough when you have Becky, I think one of the, the few... Uh, WWE superstars who actually has an acting background and, and that experience, um, you know, that, that's tough to compete with. And I think Alexa is holding her own, but I really, like you said, I mean, I would love to see her do a little more with the character and sort of elevate it just beyond the look, you know, because I feel like they've given her a, a great look now that's resonating with the fans. Um, but I like the character, but I think it's, it's sort of an undercurrent, this idea that, you know, she was like a gymnastics dance pageant kid grown up. I think that's actually a really good character that they're not taking to its fullest potential.
1: Yeah, I just think there's there's um, they're kind of doing a lot of the same stuff with Carmela and Nikki Bella. I just don't yeah. see. I, I there. I wish there was more of a personal reason why Alexa is going after uh, Becky Lynch. You know, they they do that storyline where uh, you know they had Becky Lynch saying, "I I wasn't supposed to be here," and and Neville and all these guys keep saying that, which I don't think resonates anymore because because uh, you know what does that mean? You weren't supposed to be here, you, you know. Like, <laughs> Uh, I mean, anyone can be a wrestler. Uh, I mean, anyone can, you know, it's not like, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it just, it's just a, a weird thing that they do too often. And uh, I think they can make a, they can make something personal in here, like something personal from their NXT days or, you know, just find something interesting to add to just as to just Alexa Bliss blindly attacking Becky Lynch and, and wanting her title.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but when I think about it, um, you know, I've I've had friends and and I've known people that, that have these rivalries with people that are over very little things. And I think the WWE has done that a lot. And I think, um, in this, the, the, I think there, there is something in there. I just don't think they've quite stumbled onto it yet. You know, I liked Becky's promo last week. I thought that was the, the most personal and heartfelt she's done yet. On Talking Smack last night, they mentioned her injury, which I think this is the first time we've seen that acknowledged uh, this much front and center in a, in a Becky storyline. Uh, you know, the injury that kept her out of wrestling for, what was it, like eight years? I mean, a very, very long amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think the thread is there. They're just trying to find it. At this point and hopefully they get to it before no mercy um but let's talk for a second uh speaking of of dangling threads uh kurt hawkins uh do you have any insight as to what the hell is going on there
1: uh insight as as what
0: well because we've seen this tease now for two months and they've said they've said they've said he's gonna be on next week they've said that a couple times and then this was like oh next week he's gonna have an announcement
1: yeah, um, I, I think next week, his announcement is that he'll wrestle on the, you know, no mercy pre-show or something. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, when you're giving a given a campy comedy gimmick, there's a very limited shelf life and you just see it over and over. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's where I see this going.
0: I don't know. This is the most forced, man. I mean, just in terms of, uh, and, and at first they kind of did it tongue in cheek, right? I mean, they were showing the Chuck Norris facts with Kurt Hawkins. They were building them up kind of credible, and then they put them on camera, and it was like like bootleg Dalton Castle. You know, I mean, this was like just like a bad version of uh, sort of the wink and a nod. Uh, you know, sort of playful jokester.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> these none of these when when you're over gimmicky, it none of them do it for me because it's all that. Can't be comedy
0: yeah yeah so uh we'll, we'll see how that goes uh <laughs> what's going up there um so we had more uh you know build up backstage uh with uh, aj styles and the build up to his main event match and then the match itself uh with john cena on commentary so what did you think about ambrose versus styles what did you think about them having styles retain the belt because of a uh, cena distraction on uh on dean
1: yeah i you know, it was a little. I, I thought the the finish was a little hokey, but I liked it. Uh, uh, again, I think this is the best stuff on WWE TV right now. Is this feud AJ Styles? I think is beyond a doubt the MVP this year. I feel like every feud he's been involved with um, since WrestleMania has been the best thing on the show uh, up until now. His feud with Roman Reigns was the best thing uh, during that time. Then John Cena and now uh, Ambrose and Cena. So, um, yeah, I thought the match was good. Uh, Ambrose, I think, hasn't looked as great in the ring lately. But I thought – it's funny. I feel like almost since that Steve Austin podcast, he hasn't looked uh, as good as he did before that. So um, I don't know if the, some, you know something from that got in his mind or it's just coincidence. But uh, well,
0: what's, what's the backstage word that you've heard? I mean, there's been rumors online about Ambrose, you know, as the champ wasn't drawing as much that it wasn't working out, kind of how the WWE creative envisioned it. And that's why they made the switch to styles.
1: Well, I don't think Ambrose was never really supposed to be that champion. You know, that all was because, you know, reigns got suspended and, and they needed to, you know, they, they squandered to, to come up with something else. Yeah. Um, But, you know, from people I've talked to, I, 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 and again uh, when when people say someone has backstage heat, there's one thing when it's like with everyone, and then there's another when it's just a few people here and there. but I haven't heard much with uh, a big reason with Ambrose losing the title other than just it it just keeps the storyline going and and it, it, it Ambrose's champ wasn't that interesting. this is a lot more interesting right now
0: yeah and and so I mean let's talk about that in terms of the angle uh so Cena. Predicting they're gonna they're gonna save him tying Ric Flair's record that's not gonna happen in No Mercy. I think it is. He's, really yeah. He's gonna tie Ric Flair's record and then go take time off to American. Yeah, because he's booked
1: for it? Survivor Series. Why would he be booked for the next pay per view if he's not uh, in a title match? Um, if he's just on a, a, just another regular match, uh, you know why why even bother? So See, I think he's been losing so much. Yeah. I think he wins and then drops the title at Survivor Series.
0: See, I think with Cena being added to the main event, I think an Ambrose versus AJ Styles uh, rematch would have been enough for No Mercy, but I think that you know, they saw the numbers backlash did, supposedly ticket sales were really down for Backlash. They had to work really hard to fill that arena. I think they added Cena to the main event as a triple threat just as a means to stoke ticket sales and get interest up.
1: I don't think so. I think this this was the plan. Uh you know, Cena uh you know, has been booked for SmackDown shows until Uh, mid-October and I don't think they had him any intention of him feuding with anyone else so I think this is where he was supposed to be Um, whether it was supposed to be him and AJ as opposed to him AJ and uh, and and Ambrose uh, you know that that easily could have changed but uh, I think Cena does make it more interesting being in that that main event I just feel like Ambrose versus AJ Styles just just between them there's just not enough there and I think Cena adds that yeah,
0: that'll be interesting. I'm I'm excited. I will be at that pay per view live, watching it uh, all happen. Perhaps when Cena ties the record,
1: and if Cena doesn't do it at Nor Mercy, he'll be doing it at Survivor Series. See, I so, think that's a
0: WrestleMania uh, moment, yeah. right? There. I mean, I know WrestleMania doesn't need that, but I think that's that's something you save for for one of the big. Well, you, could,
1: you could do him breaking the record at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's
0: true. That's true. You could, I mean, I guess tying is just you know because it hasn't happened yet. Once we tie, breaking will be an even bigger story. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know which way it goes. Uh, I do like Dean, though. I think Dean not as the champ is more interesting than Dean as the champ. Um, kind of like we were saying, I don't think they knew what to do with this character. AJ just becoming like this monster dick uh, as, as the champ, I think works really well, you know, and I don't think that really suited Dean.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. So, uh, let's just quickly talk about talking smack. So Becky came on, uh, I thought it was fantastic in character, talked about her motivations. Um, and again, talked about that injury, uh, that, that took her out of wrestling for so many years. Um, Cena came on and I thought it was just, just really great. Uh, what was his line about Dean Ambrose about how, uh. Uh, Dean Ambrose thinks that I'm a, I'm a part-timer, you know, and thinks that I'm not serious about it. And the difference is John Cena doesn't think about Dean Ambrose.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he's like, you know, uh, Dean Ambrose said Ambrose and Cena don't like each other. He's like, that's, that's not correct. You know, Ambrose doesn't like John Cena. John Cena doesn't care about Dean Ambrose. He he just, I mean, this was just an amazing promo. Uh, Cena showing like he can, he, he's just, one of the best, if not the best in the biz, you know, uh, he just tore into Ambrose. We just rebutted everything Ambrose said last week. And, and, you know, again, that's why I think uh, that's why I think Cena's is going to be winning the title. Uh, you know, people are pointing out that he's leaving in mid October. Yes, he is. Um, but he's wrestling at survivor series. So there's a reason that he's booked for the November pay-per-view and, uh, and it's not like they, they don't, you know, that there isn't a precedent of them putting a, Belt on someone who's not working live events and TVs, they did with Triple H Brock Lesnar. Uh, so I see them uh going with Cena and then and then going from there. But man, yeah. if you haven't seen it, you got the WWE Network, check it out. That promo was awesome!
0: Yeah, I mean, talking smack just has so many of these moments, and I think the what they do to their credit is that when these moments happen, they do influence what happens the next week on SmackDown, they do show the clips from Talking Smack in the SmackDown live. So it's not like it's lost forever to the to the ether if you didn't see it. Um but I think that's you know, again, I think it's something that might have been an afterthought in this new era because it was rushed, right? When when Talking Smack debuted and the pre-show debuted, they were like, Oh yeah, and by the way, we're doing this post show after SmackDown. And I think it's worked out beautifully.
1: Yeah. I mean this segment I like I don't think WWE even has it up on their YouTube channel yet. Or oh, uh they just uploaded it while we were doing this podcast. So <laughs> nice. there we go. But they only uploaded two minutes of it. I hope they show the whole thing. Um, you know, I hope they ho- show the whole thing because it, it was just fantastic. It was like, I think it was like five, six minutes. So um, it's great stuff. It, it gets you excited about Ambrose and Cena. So why not show it?
0: Yeah. No, to the point where it's like, I think, you know, AJ it might fade a little bit in this in this main event feud, um, which... I, you know, I'm fine with, except if you have him fade into the background and then retain his champion, that, that, that would be a little weird. So to your point, that would, would be where it makes sense for Cena to win since he's so front and center uh, in driving this driving this conflict. Um, I think so- if you have
1: Cena, Pen Ambrose, then yeah. that makes it a natural uh, Cena and AJ Styles match at Survivor Series since AJ has beaten Cena, didn't lose the title.
0: Yeah. So one thing we talked about last week that now uh, a lot of people are talking about online. What what do you think about the no mercy promos and the parody of the Calvin Klein obsession ads that they're doing?
1: <laughs> I mean, they're they're internal. They're not airing on TV, so <laughs> it's fine.
0: I just it's I love something. it when they go this crazy with it. I when's the last time they did it this outright comedy? Type promo for a for a pay per view.
1: I just think when you have a title like No Mercy or Hell in a Cell, it should be something grittier and and uh, <laughs> and violent, uh, in my opinion. And <laughs> but yeah. uh, who care? You know, it's again, it's just within. It's just used on WWE television. And-
0: I know, but it's just, it, I, I love when they do this little inside type stuff. You know, it's really, to me, what may, reminds me that this is a network. This isn't just the WWE archive. This isn't just pre-show, post-show. Um, I like that they're, they're you know, it reminds me of the early days of MTV. Like they have a department that whose job it is to just sort of do wacky stuff.
1: And it's got to be tough now because you're doing them, you know, for two pay-per-views a month where you're oh, trying yeah. to come up with new promos and, and things like that. Um you know, UFC, it's not like they're coming up with the, you know, they have awesome promos for their big shows, you know, when it's Conor McGregor and Jose Aldo or something like that. They're not doing it for everyone. They don't even bother to come up with a name. It's just a number. It's just hey, UFC it, 203, it, UFC 204. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so, I mean, what do you, do you think, uh, just before we talk about what's going on TNA, do you think going into 2017, they're going to keep up this pace of two pay-per-views a month? Because last night we started to see, the the buildup for um not only uh we saw we saw hell in a cell is being plugged but then they were plugging the next one the next uh smackdown pay-per-view also got started to start to get some plugs this weekend i mean do you think it's too much
1: i think if ratings continue to you know ratings were expected to fall with football season not this much i mean they're down 20 percent, you know as opposed to previous years um or at least the audience uh if after football season, the numbers are continuing to slide, I could see them uh, revisiting it after WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, but I just feel like they're really pot committed to doing it. I think they should have waited before splitting the pay-per-views until they had uh, you know, two very uh, deeper rosters than what they have now. And, and then uh, several feuds on each. But uh, Because right now, you just don't get the sense of the excitement uh, for these brand specific pay-per-views, you know, that you did for like SummerSlam or, or you you probably will for Survivor Series. But, um, yeah, I think, I think if, if numbers continue to fall, uh, I almost think I actually, you know what? I almost think they wouldn't do it because it's Vince McMahon saying he's wrong, uh, (laughs) and just waiting longer. But, uh, yeah, well, I, I see it continuing for the, for the near future.
0: Huh. So, um, with that in mind, let's talk about the ratings this week for Raw. It not only went up against Monday Night Football, but the most watched presidential debate in history. How bad? How bad were the Raw ratings this week?
1: Oh, jeez. Um, you know, actually, Raw started off in relatively strong. It was under three million, which a month ago was considered terrible. But as far as the first hour, it was two point eight five million, which you know was one of the best hour numbers they've done since football season. Actually, it was the best hour that they've mm-hmm. done since football season. And then you know, as soon as the debate started, it just went off a cliff, um, which was to be expected. Uh, Monday Night Football also had their lowest rating, so I think you can't. You, next week is the bigger number, I and mean, this week had all sorts of crazy competition. Next week, the the problem with WWE right now is um, with RAW, especially is it, it's just so uh, there's just not anything that's captivating so if you miss a couple of weeks and you fall into that trend you could easily stop you know start skipping raw and uh and you're starting to see that more and more usually you know ratings drop during football season but came back up back to close to where they were now they're not really coming back up that much and uh if if a, lo- a lot of people uh skip one week and they don't really come back the next uh, because there's nothing really uh driving their interest. Uh, you know, we'll see. But again, I think this week was an aberration because of the competition. It hurt Monday Night Football too. So um, I think they'll be back to. I don't. I don't think they'll top three million, and I don't think they're going to top three million until football season's over. If if they top it at all, um, but it'll be up next week.
0: Yeah. One well, next week, SmackDown is going up against the vice presidential debate. So,
1: yeah, but I don't see, I don't see Mike Pence and, uh, <laughs> you know, me and Tim Kaine doing the damage uh, that Trump and Hillary did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Although, uh, No Mercy is up against the second presidential debate. So that'll be interesting. But of course, that's on the network. So I yeah. think live isn't nearly as important. Um, so what's the latest, what's going on with TNA now? I was reading that WWE might be back in the picture.
1: Well, I mean, WWE has always, it's been kind of like a, uh, kind of like the last scenario. If they can't figure out a sale, uh, basically WWE would swoop in by the video library. I don't know if the problem is TNA. Uh, I think Dave Meltzer mentioned that TNA uh, has more debt than it's worth. Mm. So I don't know if WWE buys the company outright because then they're stuck with that or they just buy the video library and TNA folds. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, Billy Corgan did an interview with ESPN uh, saying that, You know he's been negotiating to buy the company. he's talked about on his facebook uh he made it sound like he was close um but you know from all accounts of things if they don't have this thing figured out by bound by friday um so we're two days away if they don't have it figured out then it seems like tna would just sell the video library to, to wwe and that's the end of the company wow so for TNA to survive basically it seems like Billy Corrigan or uh, one of the other interested buyers will have to put together a deal to get it uh, within the next couple of days. And I'm sure they've been working on it, but I mean, it's, it's crunch time. I I don't know if, if, if they can't fund, you know, uh, bound for glory. I don't know if there's any coming back from that. So yeah. Um, well, that's
0: the thing. I mean, because well, I mean, what would the WWE even want? I mean, yeah, there's nothing there for them beyond the video library. Maybe they take the TV contract and oh, put yeah. NXT on. But that's no, I mean. no.
1: I don't think they want that TV contract. I, I think it would just be the video library. And even that, I would. They paid two million for WCW's video library, yeah, and yeah. you know how much stuff was on that. So I, I'm guessing they, if I if I had to pick what they pay for it, I'd say like half a mil, twenty dollar
0: gift certificate to the Olive Garden.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'd say half a mil for that video library, but probably not much more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Well, it's just crazy now. Cause, cause Cody Rhodes is uh, on TNA now. I mean, Sandow has been on TNA, um, you know, ever since uh, the final deletion, it's been getting, it, it seemed like things were going in the right direction. So it's just, well,
1: well, they'd have their pick of the talent you know, yeah. and they could really deepen their rosters. If they got, you know, like you said, Matt and Jeff Hardy, oh, uh, Lashley, James storm, uh, you know, EC three, all these guys just adding four, four top TNA guys to raw four top TNA guys to SmackDown. And all of a sudden you have a much deeper roster. But the problem is uh, that you've seen with like Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy, is they don't want that schedule. And yeah. the WWE schedule isn't appealing to everyone. So um and they've had their issues with lashley so i don't really know uh who they'd get that'd be willing to work a full-time schedule maybe ec3 but as far as top level guys and maybe james storm but that's about it yeah with the hardys i mean come on if you're willing to come film at your house or compound
0: i mean you can't beat that you don't even have to go anywhere
1: man matt hardy is just genius right now um (laughs) but i mean i i I really mean that The, the problem with the hardy stuff in my opinion, is it's so different than everything else on the show. It just feels like a a random segue, but it's entertaining as hell. And it's the only thing I really look forward to on TNA lately is the, the Hardy stuff. So uh, it just doesn't mesh with the rest of the show.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll be curious to see what happens. I think what you're saying with talent, I think if the WWE wanted that talent, I think they could, they could have them. I don't think anyone would have a problem just walking away from TNA, given where it's at, what are they going to do? Sue them?
1: Right, but they look, they had James Storm, James Storm left, so it's like they're not willing to put the money and and
0: well, that was poor timing with NXt also. didn't James Storm say in an interview? it was like he showed up and it was good, and then everyone else showed up, and he was like, "What am I getting myself into here?
1: um well, ultimately, what it came down to was what he was offered, and yeah. he, he just had a much better deal with t n a,
0: yeah. Cool, man. So uh, anything else going on this week that we should touch on? Anything people should look forward to uh, on the Wrestling Inc website?
1: TNA is the big story. We, we got to keep our eye on that. Cause uh, man, it, 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 TNA has just felt like it's been dying for a while, but you don't want to see it die. You know, you always hold out hope that they could turn things around, like maybe new ownership, change the name, give it a new look and feel, uh, change, change how it's presented. Don't be WWE light. I keep hoping for something and it's never happened. Hopefully it happens. Hopefully Billy Corgan can get something done. Uh, hopefully they upgrade, get a better TV deal. Hopefully, you know, <laughs> maybe hopefully Spike will look at him again with Dixie Carter out of the picture. Yeah. Um, because one thing that kills me with TNA is that at I don't think they're broadcasting HD almost anywhere, oh, or God. very, it's, very few markets, yeah. if that.
0: It's on so SD it just, and in the wrong aspect ratio on my cable. Yeah,
1: cable. so it feels like you're watching public access TV.
0: Absolutely, that's a very apt comparison. I've seen high school wrestling with better production values than how uh, TNA is presented it, on my cable. Yeah, system. it
1: just seems like if they they do they upgrade their production a little bit, tweak their storylines and how they present wrestling. They've got a talented roster. I'd love to see them. Uh, I'd like to see a version. I guess it would be like a version three or version four, but you know, something, something new.
0: And ring of honors in no shape to, to try and acquire merge.
1: Well, it seemed like Sinclair, I mean, they've said this in the past that it would be more about the TV deal, but I don't know what they gain from a pop TV, TV deal. It'd, it'd be more their international clearances and, and getting the, the, the India TV deal, which, you know, that's good for them. I don't know how much it's worth it. I don't think it's worth a million, but it's, it's definitely worth something.
0: Cool man, we'll we'll keep following Wrestling Inc. for all the latest updates on the TNA story. Absolutely, and hopefully they change the name and just go with Impact Wrestling.
1: I, I, I'd like to see Impact Championship Wrestling, or <laughs> you know, all major like leagues for the most part have three letters, and you know, NFL, NBA, and it's, other than NASCAR, there's it, a, there's some exceptions. But post
0: Attitude Era, they were like, I got it, man. TNA Wrestling, total nonstop action. Get it, TNA.
1: Yeah. As yeah. soon as you, no one takes it seriously right off the bat because of the name. So,
0: yeah, you can't even, yeah, it's, it's hard to even discuss with people yeah. because of that. Cool, man. Well, uh, thanks everyone for joining us for this edition of the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Uh, Raj and myself are going to be here on Wednesdays, and we're going to have guests working with us uh, in the coming weeks, rotating in to talk what they think about SmackDown Live. Of course, on Mondays at uh, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, we are here every week, Raj, myself, and Matt Morgan, to talk about Monday Night Raw. If you like the show, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, leave us a comment, leave us a rating. And you can follow both Raj and myself on uh, Twitter. Check out our info in the show notes. Raj, any final thoughts?
1: uh yeah also guys start leaving your questions in the comment section again we're going to yeah. start doing the questions again on wednesdays so uh starting next week yeah uh, enter your enter your questions and and we'll take them at the end of the show
0: cool man well uh, thanks again to everyone for joining us i'm glenn rubinstein and i'll see you back here on the
1: wrestling inc podcast take care